Stopping because everybody knows, man, you start uh, putting out these all kinds of decorations, music, and people start changing attitudes and moods. And uh, so we're thankful for the season, but for not everyone, not everyone is as uh, open to enjoying the season because of various other reasons. Some brings back memories that they don't care about, don't want to go back there. Others have endured loss during this season and uh, they're still grieving and in difficulty. And so we need to understand that God wants us to be looking up at the gift that he gave and recognize that no matter what we're facing, we don't allow the enemy to steal from us the joy because the message of the angels was good tidings of great joy shall be to all people. Amen? That's the message of Christmas. So thank you, Natalie, for reminding us. Let's go to the word. Let's stand together for God's word. To be read, 1 Kings 19. This is about the prophet Elijah, who had one of the greatest ministries ever in the history of the Bible, impacting, powerful. Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. Well, there's where immediately we see what fear can do. Uh, Fear begins to paralyze. Fear causes people to retreat. He went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servant there. Then he went on alone into the wilderness. So now fear has caused him to retreat. Now it's caused him to isolate himself, traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. Now he's so depressed, he doesn't even want to live. I've had enough, Lord. Take my life, for I'm no better than my ancestors who have already died. Then he lay down and slept under the broom tree, but as he was sleeping, thank God for that but, amen, an angel touched him and told him, get up and eat. He looked around, and there beside his head was some bread baked on hot stones and a jar of water. Isn't it great that God comes to our aid? So he ate and drank and lay down again. So, Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Now, the context or the backstory is Elijah had just taken down, taken out, they're dead, the false prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel in Israel, one of the greatest victories ever recorded in in the Bible. He had a tremendous victory. Elijah, no doubt, was tired. When you count up how many he fought and took care of, because he personally dispatched all 850 of these possessed by devils who were worshiping a god that was a false one. He personally took took them down. So no doubt he was stressed, he was tired, and he also now hears that Queen Jezebel has put a bounty on his head, so you're going to kill him. And how many know when a woman is after you, the only sensible thing to do is run and be afraid? Okay, right? So an angel came and fed him, and he slept, and he got up for a little while, and then he slept again. Now, before we get to the rest of that, let's jump over into the New Covenant. And Paul writes to the church at Ephesus. He tells us how to avoid getting ourselves into the Christmas funk or funk any other time of the year. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, 
Be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. There's a great recipe to get yourself up and back at it again, right? Breaking chains, breaking chains. Jesus is the chain breaker. And we're going to show you how to go from depression to, to joy and restoration. Some bondage begins with a setback. And no matter who you are, you're going to have a time in your life when you face some sadness. You're going to face discouragement. No matter how well you cruise in the things of God, there come those things in life that just set you back on your heels. And anytime life doesn't work out the way you think it should, it can leave you feeling greatly depressed. Anytime you miss the mark in life, it can leave you depressed. Anytime you don't achieve your goals, you can be very disappointed. Depression can be so devastating, it can steal your hopes and your dreams until you feel like there's nothing worth getting up for. It will even steal your productivity on the job. So no matter who we are, discouragement hits all of us from time to time. No matter how strong we are, discouragement can come against any and all of us because we all have had times when we've had to ask God, why? Why are you letting me go through this? And all have times in your life when you wonder why God would have allowed certain things to have happened to you in your life. But learn this, instead of asking God why, learn to ask God, what can I learn from this? Someone here knows about asking God to help them in their marriage because things have gotten worse. Some here, some here today know about how what it means to be praying for your children because it seems like they've gotten worse. Life can be unfair. You can feel mistreated. It seems as though you can have everything figured out and out of nowhere comes a hit that you didn't anticipate. You're doing everything right you're not living in sin, then all of a sudden the bottom seems to fall out of your life. And when you're living right and the bottom falls out, it gets very discouraging. I've had times when I knew God was going to do certain things, and then it didn't work out the way I thought it was or in the timing of how I thought it was, and I prayed and trusted God. And then at least temporarily things didn't work out the way I thought they should. But let me remind you, I said temporarily things didn't work out the way I thought they should. When you're serving the Lord, you can't always go by what you're looking at at the moment. When you're serving God, what you see today is not the way it's going to end up. You may be going through some trouble today, but it's not going to end in trouble. You are going to thank God in advance for victory rather than wait for him to do something, which only is thanksgiving, and anybody can do that. See, it's not going to end in trouble because God knows the end from the beginning. He's got great plans for every single person, and it's not going to stay as it is at the moment. So tell somebody, it's going to change. Many people have a tendency in their lives to have stinking thinking. Stinking thinking can emanate from multiple sources. And as I've studied life and the Word of God, I've discovered that people who come from an abusive background tend to have default stinking thinking. I don't know where it all came from in your life, but I can tell you that's a wilderness mentality. It's a slave mentality. It's a mindset. I've always had trouble. I guess I always will have trouble. I guess nothing is ever going to change in my life. Remember, the devil is a liar. Your adversary lies because when you're serving the Lord, God is going to change things. They're not going to remain the same. It's all going to work out. But you can't look only at today when it comes to using your faith in God. How many know that when you're doing everything you know to do, and it looks like it's not working out, 
it can get very disappointing. It can get depressing. You can come to the place where you feel like throwing up your hands and quitting. One great spiritual leader down in the state of Texas said, he said, if I moved one mile toward the Pacific Ocean every time I said I quit, instead of living near San Antonio, I'd be living in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. Yeah, okay. We all feel like quitting at some time. Everybody feels like throwing up your hands. Everybody has Elijah moments, but that's where faith comes in. And when you don't have much faith, that's when you need to be in church the most. The opposite is what most people do. When you don't have much faith and things feel like they've failed in your life, you tend to want to go off and do what Elijah did and isolate yourself. The truth is when you get around people of faith, it affects you. It lifts you. It encourages you. And when you've got someone else praying for you, it makes you stronger. One can put a 1,000 to flight, and two can put 10,000 to flight. There are so many things in life that can discourage us. The breakup of a relationship can be very discouraging in life. The loss of a loved one can be very depressing. Divorce can be so disappointing. Illness, sometimes you just feel like there's no use. And when you look at the word depressed, here's the definition. Being lower than everything else around you. Depressed depressed, being lower than everything else around you. When you're discouraged, depressed, and disappointed, you just know that you're lower than everything else around you. It seems like everybody around you is doing better than you. And by the way, that's not true. I said, that's not true. That in itself is a lie. Because even though the person next to you looks beautiful, they look like they got it going on, they're going through something as well. Everybody faces stuff. Am I right about this? See, even though you might feel as though you're lower than everything else around you, you have to know it's only a temporary state. Financial losses can throw you for a loop. Being alone can depress you. And if it's not going well in your marriage, being married can depress you. Anytime you don't see your goals and dreams fulfilled, it can be very disappointing. Because you have a spiritual enemy who wants you to look at the nasty now rather than looking at the future that God has placed, has planned for you. Jesus came to bring us abundant life. You might not be living in the fullness of that life today, but he gave you his life so that you could have abundant life. That includes joy and peace and forgiveness. Jesus took it for you. He took it that you might have life. And if discouragement remains in your life long enough, It'll start stealing your purpose. It'll steal your joy. It'll steal your destiny. And if it stays around long enough, it'll even steal your reason for living. And some people feel like it's not worth going on. And they end their lives prematurely because they're depressed. That's why you need to be at service every opportunity. Every moment you have an opportunity. Because there's strength in community. You need to gather together when we pray so you get prayed for, one for another. And when you're in the middle of stuff, you also need to be in the Word of God faithfully because this Word is alive. It's living. It's active. The Word is mighty, powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword. So the grass withers, the flower fades, but the Word of God lasts forever. And the Word of God will lift you up when nothing else can. 
The Word of God will build you up when nothing else can. And when everybody around you disappoint you, the Word of God will give you something to stand on in your life. No matter who you are, even if you've had an addiction problem, if someone told you that your life was a mistake, no matter what people have said to you, no matter what choices you've made that have entrapped you, if somebody walked out of your life in all these circumstances, God still has a wonderful plan for your life. And whether you know it or not, God has a plan that only you can fulfill. Because no matter what anybody has said about you or to you, God knew you before you were born. He wrote the book of your life before he formed you in your mother. And he's planned your life to make a difference. No one can do what God has called you to do. You can reach people that no one else will ever reach. You are unique. You are different than everybody else. God didn't make you the same color because he didn't want us to be the same color. He wanted you to celebrate who you are. You have a spiritual enemy that wants you to think your life is never going to turn around. He wants you to think no one's ever going to love you again. He wants you to think you've got no hope left in your life. But that devil is lying to you. And there are many ways life can discourage us. Sometimes when you compare yourself to someone else, it can depress you. And Paul says, do not compare yourself to others. There will always be someone more gifted than you. There will always be someone who can sing better, someone who can preach better, someone who looks better, who has better hair than you have. Quit comparing yourself to other people. Just be the best person that you can be with your bad, and go on with your bad self, right? And do the best that you can do. God broke the mold when he made you, baby. There's only one of you. There's no one else like you. Tell somebody, God broke the mold when he made you. Now celebrate that. Come on. Celebrate that. Amen. When you compare yourself to others, it's very easy to become envious and jealous, and that will lead you to depression. Conflict can leave you depressed. If you've got a problem with somebody, you've got a conflict, the word tells you what to do. Forgive him or her. Let that thing go. Family issues can depress you. Being a part of a broken family can depress you. Family reunions can depress you. You got some of those coming up in a couple of weeks? Mm. But you've got to resolve family issues. And, and when you don't or you can't, it, can, it tends to want to leave you depressed. Many get depressed because you don't like who you are. And if you're going to overcome this bondage, if you're going to live above the failures, rise above the discouragements, you have to love your neighbor as yourself. You have to learn to forgive people. You have to tap into God's presence so that you have his love in you with which you can love others because without his love in you, you cannot love others. You begin to love people outside yourself. You also learn to like who you are. And if God can forgive you, you can forgive yourself. Maybe you failed God so badly, you don't think you can go forward. You don't think you can go on. If God can forgive you, you can forgive yourself. And may I also say, some things you can't change. You're not going to be able to change. If you've got a record and you've gone to jail, you can't change that. You, you were raised in an abusive home. You can't change that. What happened, happened. Some things you can't go back in time and repair. Some things you just have to give to God. 
you have to let it go. And you have to say, Lord, I put this in your hands. Failure came after me, or I failed personally, and I'm just going to get this all under the blood of your son, Jesus, and I'm going to go forward with my life. I'm going to go on ahead and forgive myself since you've already forgiven me. But anytime something doesn't work out the way you thought it would or hoped for it to, it can discourage you. If you're fired from your job and don't achieve some goals, you're going to feel depressed. The breakup of your family can cause you to feel depressed. Well, here's what the wise man said. Anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. But good word, a good word makes it glad. Amen? The root cause of depression is fear. The root cause of discouragement is fear and anxiety or anxiety. Anxiety, it causes your heart to get weighted down. Anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. It's the fear that things are not going to work out. I'm anxious about it. It's the fear that you're not going to get blessed. It's the fear that somehow the anxiety, that somehow someone will advance beyond you. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. And the root of all anxiety is fear. The root of all worry is fear. The root of all discouragement is fear. Anytime you're discouraged because something has been has taken away your courage, stolen it from you, something has caused fear to replace courage in your heart. And that spirit of fear will attempt to paralyze your life. That's why God said, meditate in my word day and night. You will have good success casting all your cares on the Lord because he cares for you. Because God knew there were some things you and I cannot handle ourselves. So you have to make a decision. Father, I am not going to live with this discouragement in my life. I'm not going to allow fear to control me and paralyze me. I'm going to stand on what your promises say. Elijah had done great things for God up on Mount Carmel. He had killed all the false prophets, all the psychics, and now he is physically, mentally exhausted. I mean, and through his exhaustion, the spirit of fear is able to attach itself. Let that be a word for all of us. And Jezebel's put a hit out on him, and he knows that people are out hunting for him to dispatch him. Anytime you allow exhaustion to come upon your life, you don't have strength to combat that fear that attempts to come upon you and against you. And once fear gets a hold of you, discouragement will overtake you. Now he's anxious, and he's running for his life. And through his exhaustion, the spirit of fear presses in on Elijah. But remember, the word tells us what he did. He slept. Then God supernaturally fed him nutritiously. And then he slept again. Fatigue can create and add to depression. If you're not getting enough rest, discouragement will get hold of you just like that. And when you're getting proper rest and and you're in touch with the word of the living God and you're allowing the Holy Spirit to refresh the word of God in your heart and, and flow over you and out of you, but good rest, the word of God, the presence of the Holy Spirit... You can resist what the enemy's trying to do to you when you've got all of those pieces in place. I've learned a few things through the years, and they are such as this. Your diet affects your attitude. If you consume too much sugar, your moods will fluctuate. 
So watch what happens in the next few weeks. If you're not exercising because it's the holidays, I don't have time to go to the gym. Well, listen to me. Do not exercise. Exercise is a tremendous way to relieve stress from your body. Medical science reveals that vitamin D manufactured from sunlight on your body is also a benefit to your mood. And I prefer sunlight over clouds any day. I just feel better when the sun's shining. It says that Elijah was so discouraged, he sat under a juniper tree and asked God to let him die. Remember, he personally had killed 850 prophets with a sword, and he did that without any support from anyone. He was on his own up there on Mount Carmel, only he and God. But a great victory, that he's so exhausted, he feels like quitting, dying. Like any warrior who has gone to war and he sees death, when the firefight has ended, he's exhausted. And he was probably suffering from depression and post-traumatic stress from dealing with what he just saw and did. Have you ever been there in your life? The word said Elijah was so depressed, he went after that and he hid in a cave. That's exactly what the enemy wants you to do. He wants you to go hide in the cave. He wants you to go to your apartment. Satan wants you to live in the cave of despair. How many know that when you're depressed, you feel like having a pity party? You see, no one else can come to that party. A box of Kleenex in you, baby, that's it. That's the party. And hopefully somebody here will grab hold of that and understand that's not going to get you anywhere. Satan wants you to pull the blinds and just hide out in your cave of despair. Isolate yourself. Don't come to church. Don't bring God your tithe. Just doubt everything God's told you to do. Wallow in your misery and sit there feeling sorry for yourself and have your own private pity party. That devil is lying to you. Every time he speaks to you like that, remember, he's lying to you. And anytime you're feeling depressed, you must know that something has to be dealt with in your life. You see, that's the issue. I have to deal with something. Don't just act like it's not there. Don't just sweep it under the rug. Depression is the fruit of something that needs to be dealt with in your life. Depression in itself is not the problem. So people think, well, pastor, just lay hands on me. And I do that, and I believe in that. And it can bring deliverance, yes. But there are other times when that's not the method God's going to use because there are times when you have to deal with the root of that fruit. In other words, what is the real root of that issue that's causing the depression? If the real issue is loneliness, you know, I can lay hands on you, but it's not going to alleviate your loneliness. Anytime the enemy lies to you, there comes a forged chain of depression around you. If you've ever had that chain of depression around you, it seems like you can't bust loose. It's like a constant ache on the inside, and you wonder, how can I get out of this? Most of the time, the chain is forged right up here. Most of the time, it's thinking, thinking. Most of the time, you have believed the lie, the lie that says it's never going to work out. Nothing's ever going to change. And, and what you have to have a goal is that, listen, this is, I'm going to rebuke that lie. I'm not going to stand for that lie. We have to deal with the root of the issue. Sometimes depression has to do with a spiritual problem. You cannot live your life outside of God's word and keep the joy of the Lord in your life. If you don't want to live by God's word, you're going to get depressed. 
If you want to go over the lines and over the edges of God's word, you're going to find yourself waking up depressed. And I know you love Reggie, and I know you love to have Reggie sleep over on Friday night, but listen to me. For, for a while, that seems to work out and bring you a little bit of joy. It feels okay. For a while, you can do what you want to do. You begin to self-medicate. You try to fix this on your own for a while. You can live that kind of life. But just like that, that joy is gone. And you think doing that drug is so much fun. For a while, you can have a blast. Then just like that, you wake up and look in the mirror and go, what have I done in my life? Anytime a Christian harbors bitterness in his heart, the Holy Spirit is grieved by that activity. The fruit of unforgiveness can be depression. If unwholesome words, Paul said, come coming out of your mouth, if you are bitter and unforgiving, don't be surprised if the fruit of that is depression. If you keep losing your temper and going off on people, you're going to grieve the Holy Spirit. If you allow jealousy to step into your spirit, you're going to grieve the Holy Spirit. The end result is going to be depression. If you love the Lord today and you have this sense of depression, the first things you need to check are these. Is my relationship with the Lord where it needs to be? How am I living my life? How am I conducting, conducting myself by the principles of God? Check your sin thermometer. Anytime you get your life in alignment with the word of God, you put yourself in a position to be blessed. You put yourself in a position for the joy of the Lord to return. Resolving conflicts and forgiving others is a big issue with God. It's a big issue. God forgave you of everything you did wrong, and you didn't deserve it. Now you have to forgive others who don't deserve it as well. So you get over it, and you go forward. In fact, Jesus said, if you don't forgive others, your heavenly Father will not forgive you. Mm. So when you get everything right between God and you, it's a huge step for the restoration of joy to come back in your life. When you're stricken with depression, look at the root cause. Ask, why am I like this? Why is this so discouraging? What has me so upset? Do what David did. He looked inside and said, soul, talk to yourself. Why are you so depressed? Why are you so down? And then he answered and he said, I got nothing to be depressed over. I've got everything to be thankful for. You've been faithful to me. See, David had sinned. The word says he lost the joy of his salvation. And if you've lost your joy, you begin to check yourself. Find out if there's anything you've done. And before the Lord can turn everything around in your life, you've got to get your heart right with him. And when your heart is right, your attitudes change. And attitude determines your altitude. And when your heart is right, you don't have a problem bringing your tithe to God because there's joy in your heart to serve him. When your heart is right, you don't have a problem letting go of the past. You say, Jesus put it like this, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. So you make a decision. You say, I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to live right. I'm going to get back into the word of God afresh and anew. This chain that has hold of me, I might be bound by it, but it will be broken as I make up my mind to do the right thing. You see, some people think religion is the answer. Religion cannot turn your life around. The psychic cannot turn your life around. Getting married can't turn your life around. 
There's a wake-up call. Just look straight ahead. Jesus can turn your life around. You have to make a decision that affects your future. You have to make the decision. I'm going to change some things in my life and the way that I'm thinking. And I need to get myself square with the Lord. And if you're bound up, look at your life, the way you're living, and your thinking. Is there somebody you need to forgive? Are you allowing worry to overtake you? Are you exercising enough? Do you need to modify your diet? Do you need to curb the intake of sugar? Do you need to cast all your cares on the Lord, trusting in him in a whole new way? It's not as bad as your mind is telling you it is. Well, pastor, I got a bad report the other day. You pass, listen, you pass and go to be with the Lord. That's the, that's the worst thing that can happen to you, right? What's the worst thing that can happen? You can go to be with Jesus. That's the worst thing that can happen. That should be the best moment of your life. But, Pastor, you don't understand. Uh, he, he, he walked out of my life. He won't be the last one. So any consolation, he'll do it again. If God can turn it around for one, he can turn it around for you. God will work that thing out for your good. Discard every grudge. Discard the chip on your shoulder. Listen, you have to take authority over your own thoughts. There's another person who's not going to fix your thinking. That's not going to happen just because you found somebody to, to, to have a marriage relationship with. You have to say, in the name of Jesus, I lay hands on my own head. And I cast down every imagination and every thought that lifts itself against the knowledge of God. You have to say, I have to snap out of this thing. Do this. Put your hands on your head and say, snap out of it. Yeah, tell yourself, snap out of it in Jesus' name. Because we have to do that. Because the scripture says we have to exercise an action and bring every thought in submission to the truth of God's word. Anything that's not in alignment with God's word, cast it down. The very first miracle that Jesus performed was turning water into wine. And that's what he wants to do for everybody. He wants to turn your bad situation into a joyful experience. That wedding got depressed and they were upset because they had nothing left to drink. And Jesus brought joy back into the wedding. He'll bring joy back into your life. Isaiah put it like this, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be what? Glorified. So you have to make some decisions to change the way I'm thinking. Put on a comedy marathon and watch it for several hours and get caught up in it and laugh again, right? Quit watching the bad news channel, CNN. Learn to laugh at yourself. Quit comparing yourself to others. Let some people off the hook. Quit letting people get to you. Listen, here's the way Paul put it. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. So some of you have become professional warriors. I mean, you've got a business you've made out of it. You spend hours of the day worrying, anxious, upset over whatever. Take that. You're already, you're already spending the energy. Refocus it. Stop worrying about that. Spending your energy over here and start talking to God about it. Start conversing with him about what you're anxious about and what's bothering you. 
You're already spending the energy. Spend it in the right direction. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and what? Minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So make up your mind. You're through with stinking thinking, right? You have to look beyond where you are because sometimes you feel like, well, I'm just hanging on the cross today. You're not going to be there forever. In three days, you're coming out of that tomb. You'll be resurrected out of this thing. Look toward the future. Jesus is the chain breaker. He's the chain breaker. He said that the Spirit of the Lord is upon him to heal your broken heart, to break the chains that bind you, to set those prisoners free. The psalmist in 107 put it like this, he snaps prison bars like matchsticks to break the chains that bind. Jesus' power cuts right through the chains. His presence destroys yokes. The Word of God is sharp and it's powerful and it will slice through any chain that's been built around you. You see, life has a way of leaving you kicked to the curb. But when you're serving the King of Kings, he's got the only way of turning it around. My God turns your scars into stars. He turns your tribulation into triumph. He makes your mess into a message. And no matter how unfair people have been to you, no matter how unfair life has treated you, God says, I will make it up to you. I will make it up to you. Praise God for that God. Amen. When God makes it up to you, it doesn't always happen right away. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it takes a period of time. It's a process. Sometimes it's a little bit this month. Sometimes it's a little bit the month after. Sometimes it's over a period and a season. If you're not trusting God, you're going to live behind prison walls that you have constructed. Even making a good living, you're still behind prison walls that you have constructed. And you can't come out of the cave of despair because you have built these walls around you. You've got to learn that the Father loves you, that he's got a plan for you, that your life is in his hands. And if he doesn't turn it around today, listen, it will turn around tomorrow. If it doesn't turn around tomorrow, it'll turn around during the week. If it doesn't happen next week, it'll happen next month, maybe into the new year. But the battle is all in your head. It's right between these two ears. And Father wants to give you something beautiful and take away something bad. Now you might have to dig your way out of this, but you're coming out. You're not going to play the victim any longer. Pastor, what does that mean? What, What is a victim? Everybody's against me. No one will help me. Why is my life so bad? The victim. You can't play the victim when you're serving the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. You're a victor, not a victim. Your mind says you're trapped. Your mind says no way out. My God has already made a way of escape. That's his promise. He makes crooked places straight. He brings streams in the desert. So I'm telling you that as surely as morning follows night, as surely as spring follows winter, God will make up to you all that you've lost if you'll just put your faith in him and trust him. The devil's been telling you, you're never going to be happy. God said, no, 
all things work together for good to those who love him and are the called according to his purpose. This is the word God gave me for you in this service. In a moment, in a moment, he'll bring you out. You don't know when the moment is, but suddenly when it appears, everything changes. Suddenly, the check shows up in the mail. Some of you testified about that. Suddenly, the contract gets signed. Suddenly, everything turns in the other direction. Are you not grateful for that? Would you praise the Lord for that? Would you jump up on your feet and give thanks to God for that? Would you say, yes, Lord, I trust you. Come on, stand, everybody. Lift your hands and your voices and say, thanks be to God.